0: FedEx Forum, Growl Towels, Super Grizz, each one a Memphis Grizzlies tradition. This is the Grizzlies Podcast.
1: What's up, everybody? We're back for another week of the Grizzlies Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Barnes, along with your Grizzlies beat writer, DeMichael Cole. And as we start, DeMichael, obviously, the big news as we are recording this Jaron Jackson Jr. was upgraded to doubtful um, going into uh, this past weekend's uh, game at the Wizards. Um, that's the first time he has not been ruled out on an injury report. So let's jump into it, Michael. You had said that you figured that Jaron could come back before Thanksgiving. I thought maybe after Thanksgiving, but it seems like he's right on schedule to, to, to possibly see some action at some point this month, perhaps. So first of all... What are you hearing? What is your take kind of on um, their impending return of, one, Mr. Trip J?
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, you can't understate this one, Evan. This has been the one everyone's been talking about, right? Uh, How's the defense going to look when Jaron Jackson Jr. gets back? Well, what's the depth going to be like when Jaron Jackson Jr. gets back? It's it's kind of like a huge ripple effect. We're getting, you know, a first-team all-defensive player. Who and who, you know, by the way, is is one of your better offensive players to uh getting impact. So um I think for me, you know, when we were talking about just the possible timelines, you know, Media Day was very telling. You know, and, and then when I talked to the doctor about the stress fracture, you know, injuries, that was kind of telling too. Because the doctor, you know, I remember the doctor saying, Hey, you know, at the end of the day, this thing heals up faster than people think. You know, usually I think he said it was like a six weeks, uh, six to eight weeks or something like that is how long uh, the foot usually takes to heal. Uh the rest of that time is just building it back up and and you know, uh, you know, just building it up for a basketball season and training and conditioning and things like that. So we've seen Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, uh participate, you know, in skill work, you know, in drills and things like that. Uh, in practice, off to the side and stuff like that. So he's been active, you know. And at Media Day, when he basically said that, you know, his goal is, I mean, he's aiming to, you know, be back closer to the four-month time period. And he was like, shoot, even beat it, you know, even beat that timeline if he can. Now, you know, we know, you know, the Grizzlies and how careful they are with these things. So, I mean, there's no way they probably were going to let him beat it unless he just looked like Superman or something. But uh, it's a great sign. That one, you know, he's on track. He stayed on track. We haven't heard of any setbacks, you know, throughout this process. And uh, you know, you're getting the first team all defensive player back, and you know, a boost to your offense as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's can't you like you said can't overstate. It's a great sign that Jaron Jackson will be playing basketball possibly in the year 2022 again. Um, and possibly as soon as this month. Um, I, I was very curious to see how he would recover from this injury, because again, you know, with Jaron, the the biggest question with him has never been ability. It's been availability, right? Like last year was the first time that he played more than 58, 59 games in a season. And so you were wondering, you know, is this going to be something that, you know, is a worry going forward that he's probably going to be a player that you worry about long-term with injuries and whatnot. And so, The fact that he's on track to come back is is helpful. And it comes at a time where the Grizzlies have done very, very well without Jaron, which is great to see, because I I honestly thought between Jaron's injury and Zaire's injury, I thought the Grizzlies would kind of struggle a little bit more. And here they are. As we record this, they're right there, you know, within, excuse me, you know, top five teams in the West right now. As we look at the standings right now, they're fit. They're currently every fifth in the West. So that's not bad. They're not, they're nine and five. They, they've had some good wins and Jaron coming back obviously gives you two things that are very important to where the, what this team needs right now. One rim protection, the Grizzlies need to have their rim protector back, the block, the block Panther as Jaron calls himself, you know, as the movie just came out this weekend, Black Panther 2 Wakanda forever. Um, we have Jaron Jackson jr. Back to kind of anchor the middle of that defense. And as you mentioned to Mike, he's obviously somebody who's going to be your Um, you know, another player can get you points offensively. Like we saw Jaron get more comfortable going inside the post a little bit more and improving as a shooter around the rim. Um, Now, the big concern I have is the last time he came back from an injury, it took him a while to warm up. This was back in 2021 when he missed the majority of the season. It took him a while to warm up. And the one thing that that was a struggle was his shooting. Um, His shooting was – was not back. Like he had to struggle to get his shot back. Um, And that obviously is obviously when he had his meniscus injury, you know, getting his legs back under him, figuring out how to, you know, readjust after an injury like that. But the, my, my my concern was that Jaron's shooting went down a little bit, that 2021 season. And then last year, if I'm not mistaken, his shooting numbers from three pointers were not that great. If I recall. And so uh, we're not great compared to obviously his second season. And so, right. yeah, Jaren shot Jaren shot thirty one percent on three pointers. That's not what you expect from somebody that is a you know been deemed a unicorn, right? And so the big concern that I have is one, how long will it take Jaren to kind of get his legs back to him, get under him and you know get comfortable, and two, how much more improved will his three point shot? Because for him to be for the Grizzlies to be what they need to be, they need Jaren to not just be you know the great defensive player that he is. They need him to be that 33, 34, 35, maybe even 37% three-point shooter that he was, you know, his first two seasons in the league because that's what makes Jaron Jackson much more than just a great defensive player.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, And, you know, with the shooting, you know, that's something I'm not as much concerned, you know, about it in terms of, you know, last season because you know he got back kind of late in that season. I mean, a couple seasons ago he got back kind of late, so you know the ramp up period and and trying to you know make an impact before the postseason. But right. uh, in this case, you know uh, the Grizzlies are you know 14 games in uh, at this point, and you know soon you know I I think you know you'll be able to for because when he gets back, I mean I'm sure coming off a of stress fracture injury, there's gonna be you Know kind of a, a minutes, you know, limit, and he's gonna, you know, they're gonna ramp him up in you know games as well. So, just throughout that process, I think he'll be more acclimated. And again, it's earlier in the season, I'm sure there's not too much pressure on him. Santi Aldama, you know, has played uh considerably, you know, uh, well enough to say, hey, we can we can start Jaron Jackson off at 20 25 minutes and you know, be okay there. So, I think that's the big thing, but yeah, overall, his shooting. Uh, It has been trending down. You know, uh, we looked at last season, he he shot, you know, 31.9 percent and he's still taking, you know, five three point attempts a game. Uh, One thing I'm a big advocate of is I pay more attention to, to players. three points attempts than the actual makes because. I feel like, one, if you're attempting, you know, three, four, five three-pointers a game and coaches are giving you, you know, the ability to access, you know, the green light to attempt that many shots, you've proven in practice or, you know, in previous games that you can make them at a high level. And just over the course of just, you know, that's one thing I've monitored in basketball. When I see guys take a lot of three-point attempts, even the guys who are missing a lot of them, they're still, you know – capable of having, you know, a breakout period or stretch, you know, eventually at some point in the season. So him taking five three-point attempts last season, I took it as, yeah, he shot it, you know, he shot it bad uh, compared to, you know, his his career numbers. But uh, his
1: career, he's a career 35% three-point shooter for a reason. Right. And and Tibby, and again, yeah, to go back to over his shooting percentages, Jaron's, you know, over the years, his first year he came in 36%. His second year, which is when everyone was really excited about him, he shot thirty-nine point four percent. But the last two seasons, and again, this is again, he only played eleven games in twenty and twenty-one, but the last two seasons he has shot thirty one 31.5% on threes, and he's shooting, you know, an average of five point two per game. So what you think with Jaron is if he gets about five, six threes a game, you know, chances are he'll probably get maybe two or three. But the one thing that I like about Jaron that I saw last year was Jaren did a better job of getting shots in the two-point range. Jaren did a better job getting shots closer to the rim. I remember it was around this time last year. I think I wrote, I had written something about the, his so-called slump or whatever, and Jaren wasn't worried about it because Jaren was like, you know, hey, I'll be fine. But the one thing that I noticed was he was doing a much better job putting the ball on the floor, getting to the rim, and that's something that he worked on um, in summer 2021. And so I think we're going to see more of Jaren possibly – He'll get his shots, but i am be curious to see Jaron be more of that interior player, like how he's going to, you know, get some shots inside out versus go outside in. And maybe that could be an evolution of him where, yeah, he's going to get those threes that he always gets, but but he might be kind of like, you know, get some inside action, get him comfortable again. But like you said, it's going to take a while. It's kind of like with Dylan Brooks. It took him a while to get his legs back a little bit. And coming off a stress fracture, you don't want to just throw him out there. And the Grizzlies, of course, are not going to just, you know, give him 30 minutes right away. I I would not be surprised if he comes off the bench, just like Dylan Brooks did. And they've done that with Jaron before. Bring him off the bench, ease his way in. And like you said, the emergence of Sansi Aldama has absolutely been a huge bonus to kind of where they can, you know, bring Jaron along slowly. And and on that note, let's switch gears for a little bit. With Jaron coming back, what do you think this will do to the rotation? Who's gonna kind of be the odd man out? Um is you know, with Santi going back to the bench, you know, what's that gonna do for him? Uh, what do you think? How's this gonna impact the Grizzlies rotation going forward? Yeah, I mean,
0: because there are a lot of ways this can play out. You know, right now, of course, you have Tyus and 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 John Contrar pretty much as your your backups, you know, your your backcourt. And then you have the wing, which is which is jumbled with guys. You know, Jake Laravia, David Roddy, and now you're factoring in, you know, Santi Aldama getting back on onto the bench with Jaron Jackson Jr. returning, and Brandon Clark. You know, as your rim running, you know, five, your big man. So it's like now you have three players in Santi Aldama, David Roddy, and Jake Laravia battling for two spots, and uh, that's that's where the decision. You know, it's going to be a tough one because. There are games where Jake LaRavia looks like he's clearly, you know, playing better than David Roddy. And then there are games where David Roddy looks like he's playing better, you know, than Jake LaRavia. So it's it's a case-by-case case thing. I think overall, if you look at over the full course of the season, you know, from what we've seen, you can say, oh, Jake LaRavia has best played better basketball than David Roddy. But if you go to the very last Grizzlies game against the Wizards, granted the Grizzlies lost that game, you know, 102-92. But David Roddy, 11 points, five rebounds, five of 11 shooting from the field. Whereas Jake Arabia had two points, five rebounds, three assists, but he also had three turnovers and one of five shooting. So uh, it's kind of like a one game, this guy's going to step up. The next game, it's this guy, you know, and, and they're kind of taking turns. And that makes it, you know, a tougher choice overall right now. Personally, I'd lean, you know, Jake LaRavia, you know, even though in the last couple games he hasn't shot the ball as well. I think just his, his perimeter defense. I think one thing that stood out to me was uh, the other day, one of the reporters, uh, you know, was talking about uh, Jake LaRavia. And they were like, oh, you know, you're kind of known as a team defender. And he, was, and he made it a, mench- a point to mention, hey, you know, I think I'm a pretty good individual one-on-one defender, too. So uh, he has the confidence. We've seen him shoot the ball a lot, and you know, be very successful from the three-point line. I think overall, just Jaron Jackson Jr. going to the bench, I mean, coming, you know, and eventually getting to the starting lineup, it kind of settles things down a bit throughout the entire rotation. I think I was looking at the Santiago Aldama, Brandon Clark numbers, and offensively, their two-man lineups have been really good. We're talking over 117 points per game, and if you put them in three-man lineups with like Tyus Jones, we're talking 125 points you know uh so the offensive net rating numbers are good defensive net rate numbers with those lineups not as good but uh (laughs) it's like you know just like everything else with this team I think you know over the course of the season there is potential for that to grow but uh I think Santi Aldama going to the bench definitely helps a bench that you know uh hasn't been you know scoring at a very high level
1: yeah and I've Well, I think at some point we'll talk about LaRavia's defense because I I love his confidence and I love kind of what he brings, but I I still, and I think I brought this point up before, is like the Grizzlies perimeter defense right now leaves something to be desired and that goes across the board, I think. Um, But I do agree with you that I think obviously Santi with that second unit when Jaren gets healthy and is working back with the starters that will be very interesting to see because he's been so comfortable playing with, you know, Ja and Bane and, and, and DB and Dylan Brooks and uh, uh Steven Adams. I'll be curious how Santi fits into in that second group, because obviously um, he has been, you know, probably the breakout player in terms of just kind of, you know, someone who's filled his role very well. He's proven to be a rotation NBA player on this team. Um, I'd I be curious kind of how Santi fits in with that second unit and um, just kind of seeing how he goes, because that's going to be a boost. If he can match that same production after he's played well against, you know, starting lineups, then I think he's going to have a even bigger impact playing against, you know, second units or second quarters. He can kind of be a little bit of that presence out there. And so um, definitely think that's going to be fun to see what Jaron kind of how that works out really well. I do think, obviously, you know, Xavier Tillman not playing as much. It means his minutes are probably going to, you know, be even more scarce to find. Um, and then, like you said, with the wings, it'll be very curious to see kind of how, you know, um, Roddy and LaRavia fit in there because I think somebody's going to probably have to lose some minutes. But um, it'll be fun. I, I think that this is what-, what Grizzly fans are excited about. You're seeing your team slowly get back to where it was. And honestly, you know, with Jaron back, we get to see something that we really didn't see last year. You know, we didn't get to see a lot of the the Job ja, Bain, Dylan Brooks, Jaron, Stephen Adams lineups last year. You know, we didn't see them play a lot of minutes together due to Dylan Brooks being hurt, Job ja being hurt. So I'm excited to see what that lineup is going to look like, and hopefully they can stay healthy for a significant stretch because I think we still have not fully seen that Grizzlies lineup at its most consistent and its healthiest. And so we will see what happens in under course after Jaron gets back. All eyes are going to be on a uh, Zaire Williams timeline. Um, by the way, uh, DeMichael remind everyone what, what was the timeline on a uh, Zaire Williams injury?
0: Yeah. So Zaire Williams was given a four to six week, you know, you know, time period to, to recover from, from his injury. And uh, I think uh, the actual date was October 26th. So you're talking, you know, Mid, mid to, you know, early mid-December. Yeah, possibly. yeah. I would say probably closer, you know, mid-December. Um, but, I mean, I was looking at it, and they should they should get him back before Christmas. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how he continues to, rest, to progress. One thing, you know, you and I have both learned about those those knee of situations is sometimes uh, they can be two games, and a guy comes back, and sometimes it can be, you know— uh, like in Zaire Williams' case, he hasn't played in a regular season game. Played in the preseason, but uh, they did say the knee soreness stemmed from patellar tendinitis. So uh, we'll, we'll, you know, see how he continues to progress. But uh, as of today, you know, he's still on on pace to be back in that in that same window.
1: Yeah, for sure. So mid December, that's a good encouragement. Um, so that'll probably be the next injury that people are going to be waiting to see when Zaire gets back. So that's a good sign, especially as you know, Christmas gets closer to that obvious game with the Warriors. Um, if the Grizzlies are close to full strength for that game, that game, everyone will be happy, not just people in Memphis or in the Bay Area, but around the league if everyone's healthy for that game. I think that'll be a fun, fun matchup as Grizzlies are getting closer to full strength. Um, going ahead now to the app, you know, what's going on right now for the Grizzlies. Obviously, as we record this, um, they're going to New Orleans on Tuesday. And of course— we know what that means. We know that means that it'll be another matchup between uh John Morant and Zion Williamson. Obviously, everyone knows by now. Both of them play on that AAU team when they were in high school. They were one-two, they went one-two in the 2019 draft. They're always going to be talked about in the same sentence just because of those connections there. And um, this will be the first time that they've met since February 2021, due to um Zion obviously missing, you know, all of last season due to injury. So it's going to be fun, but I'm I i, I want, going to take a different spin on this to Michael. The Pelicans last year in the playoffs were kind of a surprise team getting there and then giving the Suns a bit of a struggle. Um, with the Ja zion matchup, how much more curious are you about how the Grizzlies will match up against a Pelicans team that's kind of been, uh, up until last year, really been kind of a nemesis for them? But how do you see that? Ja-Zion matchup adding a little bit more spice to a, a, a series, that a, a matchup that I think is going to be really interesting given how good the Pelicans have been defensively and also how the Grizzlies are, um, you know, how Desmond Dane has been playing.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, this is, you know, everyone kind of keeps wanting to, you know, identify a certain team from the Western Conference that's going to be the, the rival of the Grizzlies for years to come. You know, some people, oh, Golden State, and some people, oh, the Timberwolves. But, man, I, I, this is who I think it's going to be. It's this it's this team right here. And, you know, they don't have to be, you know, nasty, dis, dislike type of rivalry. It's just the simple fact that both of these teams are going to be really good, and just, they're just going to naturally meet each other a lot over the next course of the season. You mentioned, you know, the Pelicans, you know, kind of being that nemesis, and not only that, Have you seen C.J. McCollum's numbers against the Grizzlies? I mean, oh yeah, the Grizz killer,
1: the Grizz killer.
0: He is one of those guys that you that you definitely deem, you know, a Grizzlies, you know, killer, so to speak. So it's it's players like that, you know, uh, that make this overall fun. And and while we're talking about you know C.J. McCollum, I think in his last game. He only had like 16 points against the Grizzlies. But if you go back before that, it was 32, 30, 25, 26, 27, 33. Um, Then he had a 40-point game, I believe it was in 2018, 20 2019 in that stretch. But he has had, you know, some really big performances against the Grizzlies. And, of course, you know, Brandon Ingram. I think just overall, talent-wise, these teams are tit for tat. And at the, it, it's just going to come down to coaching and and all of those things. But, yeah, the job, Morant. And Zion Williamson is the big storyline. You know, these were the top two picks. And just to be frank, you know, I think it's one of the rare cases where both teams say, you know what? We like the pick that we got in that draft, and we wouldn't change it for nothing. I don't think there's a Grizzlies fan that will say, oh, we wish I mean, Zion failed at number two. And, I mean, maybe there's a couple Pelicans fans that wish, you know, John went number one. (laughs) But, you know, with the way that things played out in terms of them getting C.J. McCollum and now you have Brandon Ingram and, and Zion and, and Jonas, uh, I feel like they say, you know what, this is a nice, you know, group to build around. And then, you know, the, the Jaw zion is the main storyline. But then you have, of course, the nice little subplot there, right, with Steven Adams and Jonas Valanciunas, what a yes. lot of people consider. It was kind of like a very even trade, and and it's still playing out that way. You know, Steven Adams has been such a, you know, just a connector. You know, for this Grizzlies teams with, with, with his passing, with his rebounding, with his screen setting. You know, I think his screen setting has really not only elevated John Moran, you know, in, in certain aspects of his games, but now we're seeing Desmond Bang, you know, really play off of it as well. So Stephen Adams, what he's done for this Grizzlies, and of course, Jonas, what he's done is that inside paint scoring presence for the Pelicans. I mean, this is Evan, this is one that I mean, I, I get excited talking about it. These two teams are going to really uh, be you know thorns in each other's side over, over the next few seasons but yeah you're right I think you know John Morant you know going against these guys I think you know the teams that I like to to think that have the better chance of containing Morant you know he's he's so he's so difficult to to stop so the teams that have the better chance at just holding him under his scoring averages are those type teams that have very athletic wings who can either stay in front of him or just you know uh you know, force him into difficult, you know, driving opportunities. And then you have to have athletic and mobile bigs who can contest without fouling and things like that. And, you know, the Pelicans have a couple guys, you know, they have the Larry Nancers of the world, the Zions. Then they have Herb Jones, you know, who's I think one of the better young defenders, you know, in the game right now. Jose Alvarado yes. like a little thorn, yes. you know. He, he can, you know, just steal the ball, you know, cause, you know, offensive fouls and things like that. So they have a nice little group there. But uh, it, it'll it'll be fun to watch.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I like everything you said there, and I do think it's funny because you know I I even saw this when I it was I think it was especially when they got drafted. I think it's it's a popular thing on 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 Memphis Twitter where you have uh people want the Pelicans to be a rival, kind of the same way some people want Atlanta to be like a rival for Memphis, just geographically, stylistically. Um, people want the Pelicans and Grizzlies to be a rival here. Um, and I even saw it when I, you know, when I first got on the beat, I was like, oh, you know, this could be real fun. Obviously with, with Ja and Zion and two really good young teams. The problem was the Grizzlies kept losing to the Pelicans. And it was always like, oh, you know, this rivalry you want to happen. just isn't as fun because they match up very well with them. But last year, the Grizzlies did find a way to get over on them a little bit more. And so I really am excited to see kind of how this Pelicans team, which I've been, you know, impressed with at times, I want to see what they look like, you know, with Zion back in the mix. That team last year, they were defensive terrors. Like, they, you know, they found a steal in Herb Jones. You mentioned Alvarado. Um, those kind of players are really, really good. And, of course, every Grizzly fan knows CJ McCollum has always had great games um, against Memphis going back to his days in Portland. So I, I, I'm excited for that matchup. But, obviously, to kind of see now – since the last time they played, Ja has obviously become a brighter superstar or just as bright, if not brighter in some ways, than Zion. So I'm really curious to see how Ja is going to take this chance to kind of show, you know, maybe take this chance to show Zion kind of how he is, you know, become a much better player on the court at least. And then Zion obviously is going to probably be chomping at the bit to kind of, you know— continue to flex and show how he's healthy. So I'm I'm really, really excited for this matchup. Just again, because I want, you know, I would love for the Pelicans and the Grizzlies to be these two teams that are going to be, you know, going at each other a little bit. Obviously the Grizzlies last year zipped past them, but I think the Pelicans are going to be that team that, you know, hopefully, you know, if there's a rivalry that you want to happen. This is one that would be a fun one to have. So I'll be curious for that, but I also want to see the evolution of Ja and Zion. Hopefully, if Zion stays healthy, he'll contend for, you know, an all-star, his second all-star appearance. Ja obviously will be in the mix as well. Um, so I think it's gonna be a lot to watch and see what happens um during this week. But as we discussed, as we wrap up this podcast, Jaron Jackson getting healthier and being close to returning. It's going to be something to watch to see when he comes back. And when he does come back, I am sure when you tune into our podcast, we'll have a lot to say to Michael. will have plenty to say about that as well, building up to it. But um as we wrap up, DeMichael, anything else you want to close out with for the, for the people, anything they should be looking forward to?
0: Yeah, uh, that, that pretty much sums it up, but uh we just stay tuned with our coverage of commercial field. I think this week we have, three or four. Uh, I mean, we have some really terrific stories on the way that are related to what's going on on the court, but some nice off the court things as well. So a lot of fun things on the way. So stay tuned for that as well. And, you know, just continue to read my coverage, Evan and Mark Giannato as well uh, at commercialpeel.com Just keeping you covered with everything going on with the Grizzlies.
1: Absolutely. You heard the man. Check out what DeMichael's cooking? Check out what MarGiannoto is cooking, and stay tuned because I think this is going to be an interesting month for the Grizzlies coming up. You know, with Jaron getting healthy, with the team continuing its hot start, and of course with John Morant and Desmond Bain trying to make sure that they get talked about as the NBA among the NBA's best backcourt. So it's a fun time. Stay tuned, everyone. But for for now, that was DeMichael. I'm Evan. Enjoy this week in Grizzlies basketball.
0: The Grizzlies Podcast is a production of The Commercial Appeal.